Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Unlike Jed, I'm not eating cookies. Also joining us, a man who is, with really an impressive amount of self-control, not taking a bite of that cookie yet, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Hey, cookie. It's uh, good to see you. People listening, Jed. Audience listening. <laughs> hey, Recording. <laughs> We're actually rolling now, Jed. <laughs> Not a drill. Also joining us all the way from Oakridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Hey, folks, I really suggest that you let Say That be the last podcast you listen to in 2015. Right. I'm also, glad he added in 2015, because that, that, otherwise that would have sounded like a pretty dark threat. Yeah. Also, it should be the only one that you listen to in 2016. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, let's remember that. Oh. I don't. So on that basis, I declare an emergency! Again, is that emergency that Brazil has scored a goal? A little bit. I okay. took some inspiration there. Yeah. It's good. Uh, here's what we're talking about. It's uh, it's about to be the new year, y'all. That's true. This episode drops on December the 30th. And I, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, our Jewish friends have a thing they call Rosh Hashanah. That's not it. Close enough. And what they do is it's atonement. It is the Day of Atonement. Okay, so it's at the end of the year. Right. Atoning. Right. Yeah. Here's what I got to think. You want to define atoning for the... the Uh, Well, it's uh, a... a, When you apologize and you make it all good again. Sure. Clean slate. Yeah, clean slate. I... You know what? I got a feeling probably... We've had a lot of beefs with a lot of people. We have. That's true. One of them, just to use as an example, is Joe. Is oh, you know Joel Osteen, right? Yep. And well, he started it. He started it. Yeah, we're Vici- gonna finish it. And because what again, he, sounds a lot like a threat out of context. What, what it he, is a threat in context? Well, see, Jed, this so is what many we're, emails from the legal team. This is what we're dealing with. He started it because he has the number one podcast, which is. Rude. Right. And we want it. Totally. So it's like he took it from us, which right. is stealing. That is stealing. That's in the Bible. You know what's going to happen? What? He's going to feel the wrath of these 42-inch theological pythons. <laughs> so, That's a good joke about someone who's been outed as a horrific racist recently. That's a good analogy to draw. Timely. So, one of the headlines. So just skipping <laughs> over Jed here for a second. Yep. Here's the thing is, uh, uh, we have a vicious feud with Joel Osteen, vicious. Well, it's a little one-sided. And what happened is we started accusing him of because he's got all the money and everything. Right. Well, in the future, undoubtedly, we are the number one podcast because that's just... It's a certainty. Sure. That's the math, okay? Then he gets knocked off the throne there. Well, but what happens is he's going to send time-traveling cyborgs almost certainly back into the past mm-hmm. to try and mess with us. And we have all sorts of evidence of you know chaos and mayhem. We have science facts. Man. Okay, sure. so I so, mean, what would what other explanation you have? Would you have all of our equipment is ten years old and running at max capacity? Please, yes. like that's likely. <laughs> yeah. So this is okay. So, but here's what I got to thinking, y'all. Tell me, what if he's ready to squash this? 
Okay. Mm. What if he's ready to atone? Are okay. you saying we should call and apologize to Joe Lucy? No, no, no. Oh. I'm oh, saying we set up a phone line. Oh, sure. Right. And Joe Lucy can call in. Right. And atone. And then we'll squash this beef. We actually have set up the phone line. We have it. It's one five five five. Say that again. That's one five five five. Say that. And sounds if, totally not made up. If you have in 1-800, the last year, totally real phone number. If you have in the last year wronged us, sure. Um, yeah, you could just call that number yep. and give us. I want to say fully heartfelt apology. Sure. Uh, God knows if you're faking it. Right. Um, and so We're willing we, to accept faking it. Yeah. It, look, here's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to have peace. Absolutely. And uh, unity and holiness. Yeah. Sure. It's a new year. Let's start on a clean slate, y'all. Exactly right. That's what we want. That's what we want. We don't know what these other people like Joe Osteen want. Well, and to be clear, again, on the sincerity point, we will, we will give you the same ground rules that we have all given our relatives, yeah. which is you just have to say you're sorry. You don't have to mean it. I yeah. know you don't mean it. Yeah. Right. Just say it. That's yeah. right. That's enough. Yeah. And, and and they can they can text us. They can email us, whatever yeah. it sure. is. Carrier pigeon, you know, telegram, whatever you got. Right. We're, but we're we're... You see what I'm saying? Mm. We're open. We're open. So, for example, if your TV's Kevin Sorbo, right, and you're looking yeah. at yourself and you're saying, you know, I hurt these brothers. Uh huh. Yeah. I hurt them real bad. Yeah. I made a movie I shouldn't have made. Yep. And yep. and I need to apologize for that. I need yes, to make things do. right. Five five five. Say that. That's right. Now's we'll, your time. We're we'll squash this. It's and, like God's not dead. Never happened. And we'll be. We'll be. There'll be oh, ki- hugging be and unity and yeah. brotherhood. We can talk about the good times when you were TV's Hercules. That's right. We're sure. Gonna, we're gonna let it go. Exactly right. We are ready to let it go. That's clean the, slate. That's how holy we are. Five five five. Say that. You call in now. Um, there's other people. For example, Canada. Yes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. They know what they did. Yeah. You call that number, you say, it's ham. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired it. of the That's hiding. Right. It's ham. If there's no such well, thing as Canadian bacon. Hey, you want to throw Stephen Harper under the bus? You throw him under the bus. <laughs> you say, hey, we got a new guy. He's hugging refugees. We're down with ham. It was all that last guy. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. We're happy to accept that. Yeah. We're, we're open. That's We got to be Christian about this, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This one's going to this one's gonna hurt because it's okay. close to home. Okay, hit me. We had... A couple episodes ago, we tackle the tough issues. Okay, we do. And one of the things that happens on this show is every now and then people are desperate for fashion advice. Yeah, they are. I think we have a question about fashion advice on this show. We do, in fact. Okay, here's what happens. I give out the fashion advice because mm-hmm. I got my people. Up sure. There, the feelers. They're, Absolutely. They're, they're, they're reporting in on the. You what's got your happened. ear to the ground. You got your finger on the pulse, man. This is what I'm saying. Wait, you know, one of them kicked it back to me and said, Infinity Scarves. Yeah. Out. Okay. And understand, I was like, what? I like Infinity Scarves. I mean, like, that's like, how can this be? They're like, look, hey, I don't I don't make this stuff up. It's, it's just how just, it is. I'm just reporting the facts. Sure, absolutely. And I said, well, this is going to cause a lot of furor and hubbub. Yeah. You know. But you're a newsman. <clears throat> I got to put the truth out there. Exactly for the right. people. Okay? Absolutely. So I said, Infinity Scarves, out. Yeah. Live with it, okay. you know. Don't shoot the messenger. Sure, I'm just telling you. Okay, <laughs> this is true. I was ellipticaling, mm-hmm. which is already torture enough. Absolutely. Okay, I got it. If you're the inventor of the elliptical and you'd like to call and apologize to Glenn, feel free. That okay? One five five five. Say that. Okay. Now here's what happened. I'm ellipticaling, and and I want to. When I elliptical, 
I want to kill everybody yep. in the world. <laughs> sure. sure. Some uh, would argue that's a pre-existing condition. Sure. It's a dark situation. Sure. I get a text from my own sister. Right. She has heard the infinity scarf. That's not good for any of us. And it, you know. Yeah. That I just didn't know there was that kind of bitterness. Okay. Wow. Was, you know what I mean? So uh, the the lines are open. Okay. If there's something you want to get off your chest. Okay. Five five five. Say that. We're ready. We're ready to receive all atonement uh, messages. Well, That's let me good. ask this: If there are people who felt a call from the Lord throughout the year to you know make us something delicious and send it to us, and mm-hmm. they kind of yeah. they kind of maybe said, I don't know if I really have time to do that today. I don't really know if I. If I yeah. if I could, can really make it down to the post office and send this yeah. to these brothers, you know, and and they really they really felt that tug from the Holy Spirit, but they kind of they they kind of bypassed that moment and and they never sent us the thing. Right, mm. right. Is this their chance to really just kind of make it even? I mean, do this they is just their make, moment? Do they just make the call, or do they go ahead and send the yummy treats as well? Well, what you what you do is you do both. Absolutely, you you, you get the cookies, you wrap it up with a nice note, you right. send it on. Because, you know, if you don't actually send the cookies... It's like you're not sorry. You're and, not really... You have to make amends. And yeah, can so, we yeah. say this, too? We we love the stuff that you send to us. But when you send us stuff, and mm-hmm. then you say who your favorite is, it causes a schism in the podcast. A right. schism! Right. Not what that word means. A schism! No. Well, I think... I can keep saying it. Because... <laughs> Because I the I, Avignon podcast, it, it the the thing there's a that was a 14th century so, joke, folks. It, it, if it was a 14th century, people would be laughing their butts off. They'd love that. it. Here's what I'm saying: we'd be burned is, as witches, but they'd love it. Here, here's what I'm saying: is because uh, yeah, I'm circling back to Osteen now. Sure. Because okay. I mean, this has been going on a long time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We've had a lot of uh, ins and outs and ups and downs, what have you. And him not acknowledging it is really dragging out the process. Okay. That's the worst of it. Because mm-hmm. he knows what he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like he doesn't even know we exist. You know? That's literally true. So, <laughs> here's what. But if he'll call in, he's got till midnight. You know, we'll give him all the way to midnight. Sure. And I assume that he will. Sure. Okay. But on the off chance, if it's even conceivable, that he would. That's basically Joel Osteen declaring war on Total Say That war. Podcast. That's the only way I could interpret that. We extended the olive branch, man. Okay. Sure. All right. So probably, and I assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah. We just have to, to recognize if that, you know, if this doesn't work. We've yeah. done everything we can Absolutely to squash right. this beef. We're trying to be short of about contacting it. him in a way that he might actually see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this has been that we're putting it out on the whole internet. Sure. Right, right. now. Right. If you got internet somewhere. Yeah. You can get this. Yes, that's technically true. The we're, best kind of true. We are everywhere right yeah. now, literally. Yeah. Four billion potential listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so do we know? That's we, what we put in the ad by write-ups. Do we know that that TV's Kevin Sorbo has doesn't have any connection with Osteen on this? We we definitely do not have proof of not that. Sure. 
Well, I mean, I thought Lee was going to say, do we have proof that TV's Kevin Sorbo gets the internet? And I would assume that <laughs> if you'd start and God is dead, you would probably, you'd probably unhook yourself from the internet after that. Oh, mercy. Well, if he gets the internet, yeah, <laughs> he knows where to call us. Yeah. There. Yeah. Get some comp you serve. Whatever, you know, get the old AOL uh, going. And, sure. Dial know, it right up. Fire it up, you know, yeah. Because we want, we, you know what it is? We want to be Christian, sure, and and godly about it. Absolutely. We just assume that he'd want to meet us in the middle, right? So we'll see. This will be what you call a cliffhanger. Yes, totally. We'll keep you posted. Wow. And what we'll, we what we'll do is, if and when he calls in, we'll have the tape going. Yeah. We'll record it, and then the next podcast, we'll play you a a a, 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 a sound file. Of him atoning. Dude. And that's going to be great. Here's my question is, if he actually calls and atones, then, you know, traditionally, when we do the first podcast of the new year, we have the the Say That Year End Awards, the Daddies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Could he be the, 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 like, the the greatest redemption story in the history of Say That? That's That's really up to him. That's up to him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, well see. Would anybody else like to mention any more bits that would take a lot of pre-production that we're probably not going to do? Because <laughs> we did the whole going through a Joel Osteen sermon and picking out words and piecing them together, and that was a bit of an afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that was that uh, did take a while. Yeah, we we really want to mock him, but uh, lazily. Yeah, with with less effort and, and and the only thing stronger than the burning of our hate is the uh, the burning of our laziness. Yeah. Well, you, we we wanted to. <laughs> it, it 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 was somewhere between a little bit too mean and a little bit too creepy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, you can, know, that's why that's why we want to squash this. Yeah. Sure. You know, when you get back at somebody with laziness, do they feel the hurt? From that, the you know, that, that's the see, we can this, try. These are the problems that we have. So it's time for healing. For healing. Sure. That's what we're calling for. Yeah. If we don't hear from Canada, well, I guess we We just, know what we, that is. We know what that is, but obviously they it is, want... It is hockey season. They're probably busy. We know, but here's the thing. We know that they, they, you know, they don't want to make an enemy out of us. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. We're American. <laughs> well, I'm not sure America will take us, but... Uh, <laughs> If there was an international conflict, I think they'd just throw us right under yeah. the bus. And, yeah. So, on that basis, I declare an atoning emergency off. Mm, very peaceful. Mm. This didn't fit in in the emergency, but it's in my brain now, and I have to share it. Um, Glenn mentioned two things. He mentioned, you know, knocking Osteen off the throne, yeah. and then cliffhangers. Right. Both of which made me think of a version of Game of Thrones in which Joe Osteen's a character. Sure, that would be amazing. That makes me happy. I just want to share it with all of you. Okay. Yeah, I really like that. That's good stuff. Yeah. Just a lot of, you know, soliloquies about uh, intrigue and whatnot, and then Joe Osteen and his accent talking about faith or something. Yeah, sure. yeah. I don't. It, it has the constituent parts of a joke, but I trust the audience. I like it. I'm synthesizing so, it in my no, head. No, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm doing the. I'm, I'm running it the rest of the way over the finish line. Well, it's, it's good to have teamwork. All right, well, <laughs> speaking of the new year, 2016, no better time to jump on the Bridgebox train. Woo! Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, $8 a month. You get all sorts of sermons, songs, devotionals written by experts, Bible studies, videos, 
a lot of cool stuff for only $8. All of that money goes to support the work we do up here in Chicago and the work Lee does down there in Tennessee with the young folks. It's the most fun way to support missions we can come up with. So we hope you consider coming to join us in the new year, January 2016's topic is how do I keep going? So lots of good, encouraging stuff to kick your year off with. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. We jump to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end. I'll give you this address as you get in touch with us. It's coming anonymously at our Tumblr inbox, and it says, What do you think about bikinis? Mm-hmm. Easy. <laughs> the Bible says to be modest in the way we dress, act, and live out our lives but be, by being humble and putting others above ourselves. But society seems to blow up the how we dress part because we become so obsessed with sex and sexuality. I know being intentional about how we dress and look is is as important as the other ways we are to be modest. But what if some ladies wear bikinis simply because they feel more comfortable or more fashionable than a one piece? And Glenn, you actually got this question on your blog as well, Mm -hmm. which is very popular. Mm. Maybe they wrote it in here because they figured Glenn's so popular. Who knows when he'll be able to get to it. Okay. Look, I'm my blog is extremely, extremely popular, but you're also a man of the people and you got to it quickly. Yeah. So I want to start us off with this one. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Um, uh, we're thankful for the question and, we can always tell when our fans in the Southern Hemisphere have a question because yeah. if you were in Chicago, you would not be thinking bikini right now. Well, that would be more of a should I be committed issue than it is this modest issue. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, so let's start with one clear thing uh, that we want to say that I think uh, there's a bit of a gender disparity mm. issue here that I want to address, which is, I don't like the idea of putting the responsibility on women for the sexual desires of men. Thank yep. you. You know, you that's not yep. First of all, both men and women have sexual desires regardless of how anybody dresses. That's part of life. That's part of biology. So, uh to make you as a woman feel it's your job to control the amount and level of desire that someone else has uh, is not right, it's not good, it's not f- uh, fair. Uh, this is, and it's not Christian either, as far as that goes. However, having said that, I think uh, we want to really broaden this, can, this idea out to the idea of when are you putting temptation in someone's path? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that really becomes a very common thing. So, for example... Uh, Jed was talking about on a recent podcast, uh, we have some friends that are in drug and alcohol recovery. We, we wouldn't set alcohol out on the table in front of them if they right. came over to the house. That's just, you know, creating a level of temptation yeah. that's not fair. And in a, in a sense, it would be kind of rude to yeah. do that, I yeah. think, is kind of more the way I would think of it in, in, in a certain kind of sense of you're not being considerate of yeah. people's uh, issues that they're dealing with and struggling with. If I had someone who was trying to lose weight, I wouldn't put a bunch of cake and cookies in front of them. I would try and find a way to uh, make something healthy, something like that. Uh, if I had a friend that was really down on his luck financially, I wouldn't have dollar bills hanging out of my back pocket or whatever when I was walking around. And, Which and, you often do. <laughs> sure. You know, just a, a wad of dough <laughs> that I you know, wave under people's nose and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, because what because everyone deals with temptation you're not creating that mm-hmm. but i want to i want to be considerate of the fact that it's tough to fight temptation yeah. mm-hmm. and i want to make sure that i don't put make that tough situation worse mm-hmm. so that's that it's a bit of a 
it, it sounds like I'm saying you have to take responsibility for an element of this, and, and I'm not saying that exactly. What I am saying is, uh, 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 in, in all things, we need to not tempt other people. If I know, if I know someone has a, tempt, a tendency to be angry about something, I might not bring that subject up yeah. because I'm tempting them to go off on it. Those kinds of things. So there's a ton of situations uh, on that. Final point on this, and I'll let these other guys kind of cover more ground, is I, I, I think it's very important, uh, again, this is something we don't say, I think, clear enough to women, that you should not feel guilty for wanting to look pretty. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad thing. That's not an evil yeah. thing. That doesn't automatically equal vanity or, uh, you know, uh, trying to... Uh, be shallow or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I think it's great for a woman to wake up and say, you know, I, I, I want to put nice clothes on and wear nice jewelry and wear, wear nice makeup. That's just part of my thing that I want to mm -hmm. do to express myself. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fantastic. Now, part of the way that that works just sort of mechanically is you're picking out maybe an outfit that accentuates one part of your body and sort of downplays another, and that's... Mm -hmm. There's a bit of, uh, you know, uh, 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 we're sort of uh, distorting reality a little bit mm. here. That that sort of thing. So that feels like, well, am I, uh, am, am I, am I, is this something deceptive or something like that? That none of that is applies. It's it's fine for you to put something on and feel uh, pretty and feel comfortable and relaxed in that. That's good. Now it, it is important as we leave this subject to say that to think of your body in a sense as a canvas and you're putting all these things on it, but to recognize the canvas is more attractive than anything you put on it, that sure. you don't go from being unattractive to attractive when you put these things on, that you're attractive in and of yourself. So, uh, so it's, it, you should feel good and comfortable about, I, I like this dress and it, and it makes me look pretty and it makes me feel pretty and I'm hot in this and that's good and that's fine. It covers all the important areas and so on and so forth. Uh, so, you know, I, we, we want to kind of uh, maybe pull some of the guilt part out of that. Right. I think it's a really fantastic uh, place to start. And, Lee, maybe you can uh, pick up some more on those uh, themes of us of kind of uh, what modesty actually means versus maybe what people are trying to put guilt on to say it means. Sure. I think uh, a, a couple things, and, and I completely agree with Glenn, and, and I also just want to say it out loud again. Um it's it's really none of my business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's not my shot to call whether or not yep. a, a, a grown believing woman wants to wear a bikini. That's that's mm -hmm. not my business. And I I actually have heard of churches who have pastors who try to call shots on the clothes that women wear. These shorts are too short, or whatever. Or this you know this shirt is too whatever. Um, I think that's super creepy. And I think it's super messed up, and I I don't like that even a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, you know, the the true thing is I I have my own issues that the Lord wants to work with me on, and so mm -hmm. we, you know whatever He's working with you or anybody else on is none of my business. And and the you know part of the issues, as Glenn said correctly, uh, you know part of the 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 things that the Lord wants to work with me on is my own thought life, which is not right. anybody else's fault. 
Um, that's right. You know, however they dress or don't dress or anything like that, that's not anybody else's fault. I completely agree with what, what Glenn said about temptation and, and that kind of stuff and kind of balancing this out. And, and I like how he said, I'm not saying that part of, you know, if somebody has a, you know, you know screwed up direction in their thought life that that's your fault. But it's good to be sensitive about temptation. Now, the, the really cool thing about where he was leading in this is, is we talk about this kind of stuff often on the podcast, but having a relationship with Jesus is that. You have a relationship with a person. And that's why some of these things can get tricky and murky because there are a lot of, uh, and, and a lot of Christians grew up this way. I certainly did. A lot of churches, a lot of groups and stuff like that, the way that they handle things is we are going to make one cookie cutter set of rules for all of the Christians yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. This is the way we vote. This is the music we listen to. These are the movies we watch. This is the way we dress. This is the mm-hmm. way we talk. These are the things that we eat. These are the ways that we, whatever. This is the way we enjoy free time. And included in that is anything outside of that, all of those things are wrong for everybody all the time. End of story, point blank. Uh, Now, the problem with that is, of course, that is the very definition heart and soul of legalism it is Mm -hmm. it is uh that is a a chain it's a prison it doesn't you cannot grow in a love for the lord in a scenario like that because uh the the scripture says where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom and so Mm -hmm. you have you're supposed to be able to walk with jesus in a in a in a sense of freedom now jesus does by the way, want to call shots in our lives. That's because, as we said in the last episode, every single one of us are sinners, fallen, screwed up, all that kind of stuff. We don't. We have to have a shepherd. We go in the wrong way on our own. Jesus wants to call shots in our lives, and he wants to work with us on the stuff that needs to change because he loves us, mm-hmm. and he wants us to have the most fulfilling, most awesome version of our lives. If he wants to call shots, it's because he has something better in mind for us than we have for ourselves. And the thing is, is that on all these things, whether it's the music you listen to, whether it's the the candidate you vote for, whether it's the food that you eat or, you know, the drinks that you enjoy or whatever, that you submit these things to the Lord one-on-one in your relationship with him. And that's the whole thing is, do I have a relationship with Jesus where I am walking with him one-on-one and I talk to him about this stuff? I talk to him about what I'm having a hard time with and what I think he's leading me to do. And we work it out as I, as I grow. And that's the whole thing is, do I have a relationship with Jesus or am I allowing certain people to just tell me how to live and how to behave? Mm-hmm. You want to go through your life with Jesus where you're submitting some of these questions to him, knowing that he's going to lead you out of love. And by the way, he wants to do that with no shame and no guilt. He doesn't want you to feel ashamed of yourself. He doesn't want you to feel naughty or bad. He doesn't want you to feel, he doesn't want you to feel any of those things. He wants you to feel free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. 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 All right. Jed, maybe if you can uh, look at this for us, let's take it out of the realm of kind of uh, sexuality, the con- the cultural concept of modesty because those mm-hmm. were loaded ideas. What if we looked at this idea kind of without some of that baggage? It's a great it's a great idea. I um 
I talked to my wife earlier today uh, and asked her what she thought, and this is what she suggested. And she, uh, um, and she's smarter than us, so she's up. She's dramatically smarter than we are, and she also actually deals with the idea that people would tell her what to wear, which is a little absurd. And what she said, and I think it's really, really smart, is to simply look at the fact that what you wear in any environment is making a statement. Everywhere you go, the clothes that you wear or that you don't wear is, is making a statement. It's, it's broadcasting a message to the people around you. And that's unavoidable. That's not, that sometimes happens. That's true 24 hours a day, everywhere you go. You know, if you go to a boardroom meeting in a suit, you, you fit right in. Everybody says, well, that's Johnson. He belongs here. Mm-hmm. If you go to the beach in a suit... You don't fit in. Everybody says, who's the weirdo in the suit? That doesn't, you know, th- that doesn't work. That's Johnson. He does this everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's Johnson. He needs to learn to relax. He likes How I Met Your Mother way too much. <laughs> so the key thing then is to be aware of the setting that you are attempting to be in and to send an intentional message everywhere that you go. Um, so if you, for example, if you showed up to a boardroom meeting in shorts and flip-flops, it would send a distinct message. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that's the message that you intend to send. Maybe you're quitting that job right. and uh, you want to go out on a high note. Maybe you're one of them Zuckerbergs. You're one of them Zuckerbergs. That's, that's great. If that's not the message you intend to send, don't wear shorts and flip-flop to the boardroom. Right. right? Um, and what this all means is that context and audience matters. That's, that's unavoidable. You know, I grew up in Miami, and uh, in Miami, most of the beaches anyway are uh, either clothing optional or, at the very least, top optional. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're really all topless. And um, I know it might be weird if you, um, you know, if you, particularly if, if you're in you know, other parts of the world, but it's just not a big deal if you're there. Because right. it's just it's just normal. It's mm-hmm. it's just life. So uh, if you're if you're in Miami, the idea that a bikini would be immodest that just doesn't exist culturally. There, right. there 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 is no such thing. If you are going swimming with some of your Amish friends, right. then they yeah. would have a very different take right. on right. on what you know what they would expect and what they would think certain clothing and choices. There's a bit of a biblical concept of, uh, of of causing somebody to stumble with that within that. Because of the context. Exactly right. Context really, really matters. That's part of the problem with legalism is it doesn't take context into account. It wants to say, you know, one set of rules for everything. What Hallie was saying, which is so smart, is to say you're always sending a message, Mm -hmm. but the message you're sending, one outfit could send 10 different messages in 10 different contexts. Mm -hmm. So it's about knowing what context you're in and being aware of the message that you want to send. Sometimes you do need to ruffle people's feathers a little bit and you dress mm-hmm. accordingly. Yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's what that's where what Lee was saying about having a relationship with Jesus where he tells you how it needs to be in your unique life comes into play. That's why Jed has that Viking armor handy, just in case somebody really needs to know what the deal is. You're that's right. dang right. <laughs> um, but so all that says is that in a way, people, the, the funny thing about legalism is that it's intellectually lazy. People are saying, we're going to do all the thinking for you, and yeah. then you don't have to do any. Right. You, you can just follow the rules. What Jesus invites you into is not only a relationship with him that is unique and, and specific to you, but he invites you to love him and serve him with your brain, yeah. to switch that brain all the way on and think through the implications of your actions and your choices, good, bad, and in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes the way you dress. That includes the way that, that you present yourselves. What you may find is there are some situations where it would be a terrible idea not to wear a bikini. 
Right. And there are other situations where it would be a really, really bad idea, but maybe not for any of the reasons that conservative Christians would tell you. Right, that's right. But the only way to get at that is to be in that relationship with Jesus, to be listening to him, but to also be engaging your brain and thinking things all the way through. Amen. These are all really great points. I'd like to try to marry them together if I can here at the end. And Jed is absolutely making the right call here that everything sends a message, and we do want to think things through. But if we can tie that back to a point that Glenn and Lee made very strongly, and I want to echo it because it's very important, that, and especially for young women, um, you are not responsible for what other people do. Absolutely. So there's uh, one of the kind of great tropes of this whole modesty thing is the uh, the massive hypocrisy of school dress codes. Mm-hmm. That um, apparently if a... Uh, teenage girl has a bra strap showing, then the the young men will be so overcome with lustful ideas that they won't be able to concentrate. They've got those ideas anyway. That's yeah. that's where that falls apart in many ways. One, it's a strap of cloth. Let's all you know, if we're trying to teach people to be adults, let's all be adults here. Mm-hmm. Um, B, not the girl's fault. What the guys think about, and C, uh, again, yeah, thinking that anyway. Here's a thought no one's ever had. Well, I would picture that girl naked and think lustfully about her. But if I can't see your midriff, it's mm. really what's the point? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you gotta. It doesn't work. You, gotta, that way. you know, without getting that jar of peanut butter started, I really don't feel like I have the, <laughs> yeah. the energy to follow through here. So it's, there's, there's it's a, the lazy luster. Yeah, there's. <laughs> it really sounds like a Dickens novel, doesn't it? <laughs> um, there's a verse in Romans twelve, which we talked about before. Romans twelve eighteen says, "If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, mm-hmm. live at peace with everyone." Now, that's not entirely talking about this, but I think it applies. Dave, worry about your part in it. Yes, right. if you go to the church swim party in a string bikini and start doing <laughs> yoga in it's front of all the guys, people, out. <laughs> people are going to say, you know what? This might be a little bit of a cry for attention. And we might worry. But as Jed makes a very strong point, every outfit you wear sends a message. A normal bikini sends the message, I am swimming. Yes, right. So if you're comfortable with that, for example, if you are swimming, yes, that's probably cool. Right. And if somebody, if a guy has some uh, that triggers some issue in him, that's on him. Yep. Right. And we want to be very clear on that because, unfortunately, and part of the reason this question comes in is there are some uh, pastors, authors, speakers, whatever religious people who are not clear on that. Yep. The idea that is the and this again, Glenn mentioned this. I want to say it out loud and want to reiterate it. The idea that it is up to Young women to make sure that young men do not have lustful thoughts <laughs> is real dumb. Yep. Yep. It's real dumb on every level, and it puts a lot of under pressure. It's actually, if we're going to be clear about it, it's a it's an ingrained misogynist viewpoint. That's right. Yeah. That women are responsible for men's behavior. It's insulting to women. It's insulting to men. Yeah. That's not what we're on. You you know if you are wearing clothes in order to entice members of the opposite sex to thinking thinking certain things. Yeah. Right. You you have that outfit you or you have the friend dress you know what that is. Yep. If you're not doing that, there's nothing to feel guilty about. But as these guys are saying, that's something to pray up. It's something to think through with the Lord. Amen. All right, move on to our next question. Here it comes in anonymously to our email address. So I'd like uh, this is a little bit longer, but there's a lot of really good stuff in here. So make sure to hang out with me. This person says, "I'm engaged to a great guy. Here's the thing: I was sexually abused when I was younger, and I've worked through it with God, and it's not a constant thing in my life anymore." Of course, it's something that will always be with me because I can't change what happened to me, but I've refused to be a victim to my past and have worked through it with a, with a pastor. I used to struggle with seeing sex as dirty. I was scared of men and terrified of getting married and doing the deed with my future husband. Praise Jesus, that's not the case anymore. 
but some things have recently come up that have triggered those old feelings. How do I deal with this as my wedding night approaches? And Lee, you've counseled a lot of folks and done a lot of premarital counseling. Why don't you start us off here? Uh, first of all, we want to say uh, thanks for writing in, and we, um, you know, we will be praying for you. We're thankful that you would, that you would, in, you know, entrust us with the, with this question, with your story. Um, and, and we're sorry for what happened. I know that doesn't. It's it's <laughs> it feels like such a trite thing to say, but we are. Uh, we're, we're sorry for what happened. And uh, and and here's the thing is, and and, and if nobody's told you this, uh, somebody, it's it's high time that somebody tell you that you are crushing it. You are killing yep. it. You're doing yep. a great job. Um, yep. you're, you're doing everything that you should be doing. You're doing what you should be doing to work through this thing. I mean, my when, when I read this question, when, when Matt sent, it, sent us the questions, my first thought when I saw this was, uh, I feel like uh, the the role that I want to have here is like when somebody's running a marathon and then there's those people that's their friends or their family that's standing on the side of the road at one of those one of those checkpoints late in the race and it's like you see them coming and you just start going crazy just shouting for them and like keep going keep going you're doing it you're doing a great job it's a long hard run but you're doing great. Um, I, I think there's some really cool things I want to point out just to just to encourage you. I think it's awesome that you're saying, I uh, you know I, I have I have been honest about what's happened to me. I've been I've been honest with my with with people that 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 matter in in the context of the situation, the way I feel about it. I have in the past I've felt that sex is dirty and all that kind of stuff and I have been working through that with the Lord and with the counselor and now I don't now I understand that that's you know a lie from the enemy I don't feel that way anymore that is huge that's so awesome um, my, my encouragement to you is keep going like I said before keep going now one of the things that's that's tough about when you go through a traumatic situation you can get to a place where you're feeling really good, where you're feeling like I'm past it. That's all, that's all behind me now. Now I'm feeling like I'm in a much healthier place and everything. And then something can happen and you can feel like I'm right back at square zero. You know, I'm, I'm right back at the, I'm right back at ground zero. I'm right back at square one in the beginning of all that stuff. Here's the deal. Sometimes those those kind of undulations are going to happen. Sometimes you're going to be at the peak, and sometimes something can happen. You could feel like you're going to be right back down in the trough. And the, the tough thing about that place is it's going to feel like I'll never get back out again. But the truth is you are going to. You are going to get back to that place of feeling healthy and strong and good. When you're emotionally, when you're when you're when something trips you up and you feel like I'm in the middle of it again, it feels like... I'll never get past this, but you will. You'll crest this hill. You won't stay in this place. And the cool thing is, when you get past this hang-up, you'll realize I'm way farther than I was before I got tripped back down to this other place. So we want, what we want to do is we want to just applaud you, hang mm. in there, keep working, keep meeting with this, with, with this pastor or this counselor, keep being honest with your fiance about the way that you're feeling. If this is a good man of God worth his salt, then he is going to patiently deal with you on all of this stuff and, and listen and help you work through this and pray through all, all of these things so that you guys as a team can keep getting further and further and further past this. 
It's a really good, great place to start off in this. Jed, I'd like you maybe pick up on something Lee was saying there about how this is a process. We talked before about kind of the peeling layers on an onion thing. And this is definitely a situation like that. It's not a situation where someone gets to a point where they say, I am now over this and then yeah. just set it and forget it. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, as Lee said, uh, we're glad to hear from you and you're, you're doing amazing. Something that I learned from Glenn a long time ago is that when you're dealing with big issues and tough stuff, you don't solve them and then they're done. Right. You don't. I've I've addressed this. I've dealt with it. Now it's now it's done. So I can just move on. That big issues in our lives tend to peel away by layers. Uh, you know, if you're peeling an onion, you take one layer off of it, but then there's another layer underneath, and you take that layer off. And that what tends to happen is we we deal with a layer of a problem or struggle or an issue, and then. We move on with other things in life for a while, but then we kind of come to a point where we realize, I think it's about time to deal with that next layer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it kind of presents itself because it's causing a problem. And that, that may be what you're looking at here is um, uh, some things within you are saying, there's more to look at here. There's more to get into. That doesn't mean you did a bad job with the last layer. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you are mm-hmm. incomplete. That's right. That's right. We've reached the next layer. That's, That's actually right. a sign of success. Exactly right. So what we want to do is we want to embrace that and uh, hit that head on and yep. say it's time to peel another layer, uh, peel away another layer. Uh, let's do that. Let's get into it. And the one thing I'd encourage you to do is to not feel like you need to peel that layer away alone. Uh, I'd encourage you, particularly given if you're if you're dealing with some issues related to sexual assault, to find a counselor who is licensed and trained and yes. experienced, and uh, maybe someone who really specializes in in helping folks who are in recovery from sexual abuse um, and really has that expertise. In other words. Um, uh, a lot of pastors could be very, very good for the first couple of layers uh, related mm-hmm, to that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but most church pastors don't have a ton of expertise uh, or training in in counseling as it pertains to sexual assault. Um, and your husband can be your future husband can be a great person to cheer you on and be mm-hmm, that support and that mm-hmm. encouragement, but he's unlikely to have that expertise either. So, and that's not actually a knock on any of those people. No, it's a not highly specialized thing you wouldn't say your pastor is not a good pastor because you can't do your brain surgery absolutely right. yeah, and he and you need him pastoring and you need your boyfriend encouraging yeah right. they're and part of the team and absolutely you need the, right. the counselor doing the counseling part exactly those right. are all important parts exactly right. exactly right exactly right so just to encourage you you are doing good and to uh face this next layer head on uh, let your pastor be a pastor to you let your boyfriend be an encourager to you find a counselor who can be that counselor to you if you're not sure how to do that Write us back. We'd love to help you find a qualified counselor in the area that you're in. We'd, we'd love to do that. You can contact us by email or Tumblr or whatever uh, works best for you. But the best is yet to come. Um, the best is yet to come. Yeah. There, God has great things in store for you, in store for your marriage. There's, there's good stuff uh, coming your way. I promise you this. Uh, it's been true for me. It's been true for a host of people I've known. Every time we face our, the next layer of our issues head on, we never regret that decision. Um, we, we do regret the decision not to do that, but we never regret the decision to be courageous and face that next issue. I know that you will. I know you have that into in you, and we can't wait to hear all the great things that God brings into your life. Man. That's absolutely fantastic. Glenn, I'd love to get you close out on this. Glenn uh, has done the most work, probably, of any of us with uh, p- people going through. This is the same kind of thing with even people going through addiction or people, uh, actually, in a weird way, with our guys coming off the street because it's an idea of, I th- doing good, doing good, doing good, and now some seemingly small thing happened, mm-hmm. and oh crap, I'm right back in the middle of this. What does yeah. that mean? What does that yeah. mean going yeah. forward? Have you watched a little bit of how how we plot that out going forward? Yeah, it's great, uh, great question the way you put that. 
I think what we want to look at with all of this is this is about an association. One thing has come up in mm. your recent life and it's triggered an association with this past trauma. Right. So you say, oh, that's a thing. And maybe, as Jed was talking about, maybe that means I'm not really making progress, but it actually is a sign you're yeah. making progress. That's that's how we're coming against these things. Um, but uh, th- this th- this is what the, the enemy wants to do, is to come in and say, ooh, this is like that thing. Yeah. When it's not really like that thing. But he's just uh, trying to create, some, create something out of nothing. How do we fight that? Well, here's how we, we deal with that, is to really do, as Jed is suggesting, that we get down into the nuts and bolts. We mm-hmm. get away. The, the, we want to talk about the feelings, yeah, but we want to get down to... Um, really specifically what's going on here. I think one of the things, one of the nuts and bolts we want to look at on this is the language, okay? Um, what you have been through in your past uh, with the abuse that you went through and what you're about to enter into with your husband has no connection. These right. are not connected things. And you say, well, no, wait a second. There's a clear sexual content component in both what happened to you in the past was rape yeah we don't call it sex for a reason yeah because sex is when two people who care about one another and are consenting as adults agree together to the pleasure themselves and so on and so forth that's sex rape is when it's non-consensual and that is about a power thing does it involve uh, you know, sexual organs or whatever. Yes, but it's not sex. Yeah. We, it's, it's. You know, we was you, you, you uh, said you were sexually abused, and or we might call that a sexual assault. And the, the the word is accurate and it's fine and whatever, but it's really just abuse. Yeah. Period. Um, the fact that it took place and there was a, a you know, sexual abuse is a type of is a type of abuse. It's not a type of sex. This is exactly what I'm saying. So. The idea is there actually isn't a connection between yeah. these things. What you are about to do with your husband is not of a species of what you went through as a child. There is no overlap between those two. But again, the language sometimes, if, if that's sexual assault and this is sexual intercourse, we think there's a connection. there. We think mm-hmm. uh, this is going back to our last question where, where we were talking about uh, this idea of am I somehow triggering this behavior am i responsible yeah. for this thing that has happened to me and do i need to be worried about it do i need to be uh uh, 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 uh afraid of that uh the and you're worried, you're, you're thinking that, that sex is dirty within that abuse is dirty mm-hmm. you're you're right that what happened was 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 an awful awful thing but it was the it was the abuse. That is an awful, ugly, dark, inappropriate thing. Sex is beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely a beautiful thing. Sex is not what happened to you in your past. Yeah. So again, I think it's it's important to recognize that um, uh, sex is not the central component of either of these things. As 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 Matt was saying, abuse is abuse. You know, it just happened to involve sexual uh, organs or whatever. Uh, and uh, that is uh, that is about the power. It's not about the sex itself, if you see what I'm saying. Um, and what you're 
entering into is, yes, you're entering a, into a sexual relationship with your new husband, but sex is a part, a component of a larger intimacy world that you're building. It's all, and it's, it's a vital part, of mm-hmm. course, but uh, it's about recognizing that, that the, your new marriage is not all about sex either. Sex is not the central issue in either of these kinds of things. So what we want to do is really prevent the enemy from connecting these two and separating them out. Here's why. Because you need one set of insight, wisdom, heart, strength, and whatever to deal with your past the way you have and, 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 and may need to continue to work on. But you need a whole different set of wisdom and uh, encouragement and insight on marriage. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a whole yeah. different... Uh, this is we we need mm-hmm. uh if if we somehow lump these two together we actually don't get help on either one yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so i think that's let, let's make sure that we define what it is and what it's not here that's fantastic i'd like to tack one thing on the end is just uh dogtails right on what glenn was saying there of we have to separate kind of what happened from what's going to happen going forward. The other thing we have yeah. separation that we need to make, and again, none of these are you just decide one day I have separated these things. They're going to keep things keep popping up and intertwining, and it takes a lot of work and uh, faith, which you're you have and you're showing to kind of uh, separate these things. Is um, it's not fair or right or healthy to hold your future husband responsible for what these other people did to you? Yeah, I'll tell you what that means. So. Your future husband, or the guy you're going to marry, your fiance, showing sexual interest in you is good. Yes. Now, right. to- totally understandable that it's, at some point the hand may hit a shoulder in a way, whatever, some word might happen that's a trigger point that'll make you feel real squicky. And that was, but we have to understand that that's, it's, he should be willing to be patient with you on that and help mm-hmm. you through that. But that's an issue that needs to be resolved. That's not an indication of anything about him. Mm-hmm. It's a, a separate question we've gotten on this is, you know, I'm, I'm doing good and uh, recovering and doing all the things I need to do. And then I found out my boyfriend looks at porn and that, that is on some level exploit exploitative and I was exploited and it makes me feel that, and th- again, that's all reasonable to feel that way, but you have to pull the layers apart on that because mm-hmm. if the boyfriend's looking at porn, that, that may just be, you know what that is. It may be an issue on its own, but what it's not is him being the same thing as someone who would sexually abuse a child. Yeah. Those are different things. And yeah. as Glenn's saying, when we don't take our, take a step and separate them, we end up kind of, it all gets mishmashed in. And the big problem with that is we don't deal with any of it. Yes. So you can say, Hey, I know this isn't, this isn't you being the same as, you know, people who would do this kind of stuff, but why don't we talk about the porn thing? Cause that's an issue on its own. Yeah. And again, we, we, we're so proud of the way you're working through this. And one of the things that on all these kind of big trauma, big issue things is it's as Glenn pointed out exactly. It tries to creep into everything. And part of the, uh, the discipline of managing that going forward, while well, you need to keep meeting with the counselor, we would certainly encourage that or your pastor is to continue to kind of sum up the energy to, look at things and say, is this really something mm-hmm. or is the enemy just trying to make it look like something? Mm-hmm. You're going to get better at that and you'll you'll kind of uh, have victories in that and learn from mistakes in that going forward. It's, it will all work out. We're definitely praying for you. If you have more problems, feel free to write in. All right, we move on to our final question here. This is actually taken out of uh, some, somebody wrote in a question that we kind of answered offline in the email, but then there was one uh, 
kind of chunk in their response, which we thought was really interesting. We'd like to, uh, with their permission, we'd like to talk about a little bit further. So they say, I'm trying to start my own business. I'm hustling. And from what you're saying there, they're referring to the things in the email, which we'll get into. There seems to be a godly way to do that. Here in Nashville, there are a whole lot of folks who just step on and over people to get them where they want to be. It's unkind and greedy and lame, and I'd like to see her clear away from that side of this business. So my question is, how do I hustle in a godly way? And Jen, what starts off here? Appreciate the question for sure. And um, this is a phrase uh, from, actually again from Hallie, is the idea of left and right limits. There's a lot of things in life where uh, if we want to answer them, it's good to start by knowing how far is too far in a couple different directions at the same time. So um, I'd like to, to give you kind of a left and right uh, boundary, left and right limit on that. The, the first is that um, unjustified hype is a bad idea. Yeah. If you if you go to people and you say, uh, if you, you mention Nashville, so for example, if you were working with music stuff, if you go and you say, I will give you the best recording that could possibly exist in the world no matter what, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, and that, therefore, you're, you're hyping yourself. George Martin will roll over in his grave when he hears the sonic fidelity. <laughs> exactly right. You, you're not going to be able to back that up, so that's going to be a real problem. Uh, and people are going to sense that you're kind of, you know, putting them on, you know, it's along the same lines. If you say, you know, George Martin, I actually produced the Beatles. Sure, I might sure. be 23. I might look like I am. That's only because of the anti-aging serum I developed. I was there. You know, I mean, uh, th- that stuff doesn't work. You may know you see people trying things like that all the time. You know, I mean, there are a few experiences more disappointing than a restaurant that has spent a ton of money on their build-out, the way that the building looks and the facade looks, and then you go in and the food is terrible. Right, that's right. one of the biggest letdowns in life. That's unjustified hype. Right, um, right, right, you know, right. that won't work in the long run. That won't pan out. That's not what you want. But so that's your left limit. Your right limit is that shyness is not only a bad idea, it's a fatal idea. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to do anything in business, and certainly it's actually just as true for ministry, if your idea is, I won't say anything to let people know this is going on, but they'll just, they'll sense it. I'll just it. do it so good. I'll just do it so good that like they'll sense there's something really good in the universe and then they'll find it. When the first person finds out, they'll, their mind will be so blown by how good it is, they'll have to tell everyone they know. Exactly right. That, not, again, not only is that a bad idea, it's a fatal idea. That mm-hmm. will not work, I promise you. If you want to get in a dating relationship, you cannot do it by just being the neatest dude in the world, and then your female friends will tell the girl you're interested in what a neat dude you are, and then she'll ask you out. That That's not the way to do that. Don't tell indie movies that. Dang, dude. <laughs> if you want to be in a dating relationship, go to the girl you would like to be going out with and say, I would like to take you on a date. Period. Right. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Similarly... If you, you know, we're using, you mentioned Nashville, so we, you know, use music stuff as, as an And example. we do a lot of music stuff around here, so it's got a, a language we know. Absolutely. If you think there's an artist and you'd love to work with them and you think it's amazing, go to them. I would like to work with you. Right. What can we do? Right. If that needs to be free, let's start with free. But I would like to be working with you. Let us do something together. Mm-hmm. I can tell you in, in my life, um, every door that matters, I know for a fact God has opened. But at the same time, the mechanisms through which he opened those doors almost always involved me being bold and going to people and saying, here's what I want to do. Will you do that with me? 
Again, I want to be clear, God's the one that opened the doors, but the mechanism that he used involved boldness on my part, and I suspect the same will be true for you. There's something uh, important that Jesus said that I think in, in, in a way applies to this situation. He said, you have not because you ask not. Yes. And um, uh, there's a lot of kind of non-spiritual situations in life where that's really, really true. Yeah. Um, the, the thing about good salesmen or good salespeople generally is they're not afraid of being told no. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you say no, there's no problem. I'll go ask the next person. Numbers game. Right. Exactly right. I'm willing to ask 100 people to get the three that'll say yes. I, I, you know, It doesn't bother me at all. Last episode, we had a question about giving to missionaries and giving to missions, and we were commenting that we all raise uh, funds for a living. Here's the thing. We get told no all the time. That's right. Hello. We have people all the time saying, hey, I'd love to support you, but I'm not going right. to. So hit the bricks. Yeah. Um, everything good in life involves you being bold and going to people saying, here's what I want. Mm-hmm. Will, will you do it with me? Yeah. Whether that's a dating relationship and, and later on marriage, whether that's business stuff, even building friendships involves an element of that. Yep. Um, so don't do, to start, don't do the unjustified hype that you secretly produce the white record because that will not, that won't work. But at the same time, do not be shy. It's not a virtue. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. And it will shipwreck the stuff you're trying to do. That's absolutely right. And uh, Lee, maybe if you can talk to us about that, uh, the other side of that, that, uh, the initial of, you know, I see all the people I see succeeding in this are stepping on each other's necks to get there. And I want to do well, but I want to maintain maybe not that. So where's that balance? Yeah, I, w- I would say that, you know, the place to start on this is to is to really kind of go backwards and ask the question, why are people cheating? You know, why why is it that people are climbing over each other or cheating or or hustling each other? And I think the reason is because they sense that's the shortcut. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we all we're you know, we're in this industry, whatever the industry is. And so we there's a bunch of businesses in that. There's some big dogs, there's some little dogs, there's some boutique operations. And the question is, how do I how, you know, how do I get what I want? And, you know, the sense is if I climb over somebody else, if I lie to somebody, if I cheat them out or if I'm disingenuous about whatever I'm getting out of this or whatever, that's going to be my shortcut to success. And what I would suggest on that, that's a that's a it's a nerve wracking thing because you can look around and see people getting ahead of you. And you and, and especially if you know that they are, you know, you know, climbing over somebody or taking advantage of somebody or something like that. There's a there's a temptation to say, well, I have to catch up to them because they've found the shortcut. They're getting there first. The for me, the paradigm shift that you have to go in your own mind as a man of God, as somebody that wants to do things the Lord's way, is to say, even if somebody seems to be ahead over there on whatever you know, whatever, however, whatever metric we're measuring for success, I'm going to believe, even though it doesn't look like it. I'm going to believe that actually the shortcut is serving people. Amen. Instead of climbing over people, I'm going to believe that the shortcut is serving people. Even if, you know, the the success, even if we're having to measure different things in success, because if somebody gets somewhere ahead of you, but they have no integrity, 
and they've lost their own soul in the process or whatever that however that pans out and and you are serving people and you're laying your life down for other people and whatever your industry is and you're deciding because of the way Jesus lived because of the way Jesus always talked my goal is and I'm going to go ahead and decide my shortcut to getting what I want the keys to the kingdom is serving people laying my life down However that thing works, I am going to, I'm going to go ahead and decide that my shortcut is serving because what I want is I want joy. Yeah. And I yeah. want, I, I, I actually want integrity. I want fullness. I want fulfillment and I want joy in doing this thing that I love and this thing that frankly I'm good at. And that's part of kind of the boldness that, that Jed is talking about. And deciding that even if people seem to be running ahead of me in some metrics, I am deciding that my shortcut is serving people. And figure out what that means in your industry. Figure out what it means to lay your life down because that's your shortcut. That's your secret weapon. You know, other people's secret weapon is they figured out some little cheat or some little shortcut or whatever to get ahead. Your secret weapon is I'm going to be the person that serves people. I just want to jump in real quick because Lee makes such a strong point, and, and you might not know this, but that idea of kind of I'm going to focus on other people's needs and serving those, that actually is the state of the art in business today. That's right. Um, if, you, if you look at kind of the best practices of the most successful people in business, they will tell you exactly what Lee just said. Right. If you, if you want to be successful in making business connections, it's about going to another person and figuring out what do you need? What do you mm-hmm. care about? How do I serve that? How do I do something that serves your needs and the things you care about, the goals you have, the places you're trying to get? The idea, kind of this 1980s, um, you know, Wall Street movie kind of greed is good, and I just belittle people and berate them into being on the thing I want them to be on. Actually, secular people tell you that's a terrible idea. Right. Um, they, again, the, the state of the art in business today says it's about serving other people's needs, even in a secular sense. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what, what you need, what you care about, what your felt needs are, the things you value, places you're trying to get, the goals you're trying to achieve, and help you achieve them, and I'll get where I'm going as we do that. I just want to mm-hmm. back up what Lisa said because it's a powerful, powerful point, and it's just as respected in the secular world at this point as it is in the Christian world. Amen. It's a really strong point. I'm going to leave you close on this and kind of a uh, another idea it's almost um the flip side of the coin and some of that that uh obviously yeah just i'm gonna do this and it's awesome I'll get you the other fallacy that people end up buying into a lot maybe because they want to is well i'll just spend time making my thing really good yeah yeah and that's how it'll succeed and then i won't have to do the part that i just coincidentally don't want to do right that that will work if you have a team of publicists, yes. yes. Without it, it doesn't work. Um, well, then it, I assume you started the bridge by just being really good at urban ministry until all the pastors came to you. Yeah, no. To want to be part of it? No, uh, I had to get out there and <laughs> sell and it, sell it, make it happen. Here's the thing: um, in the world of mainstream media, quality does not win out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, I uh, understand uh, both Jed. And Lee know a lot more about this stuff than I do, and uh, I'm really just compiling in my comments stuff that they've said. But we've all, uh, those of us who've dealt with the music side of things, we've all been to an open mic night where there was a guy there with as much talent as anyone on the radio. Yep. And you you sit there and listen to that and say, "Dear Lord, what's you know?" And it just all isn't the goal of commercial radio to put the most talented musicians on. Now I see. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> now I'm sad. Yeah, it, you know, most 
Um, unsuccess- uh, most financially unsuccessful musicians I know spend about 90 to 99% of their time working on polishing yep. their, 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 their song. Their craft. Yeah. They are not spending 90% of their time actually making people aware of that product. And yep. if you believe you have something that will bless somebody in a, in a spiritual sense... You have no excuse for not yeah. getting out there and, and, and giving that blessing to as many people. If it happens to pay your rent while you're doing it, that's a double blessing Say for that. you, for them, for everybody. So uh, you should be uh, less afraid of rejection uh, the way Jed was talking about it. You know, you're, you're going to, you got to ask and mm. you can't be afraid of hearing no. Uh, 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 someone who's doing this on the Lord's basis believes A, I don't get my sense of validation from this. B, I know this will succeed anyway because I'm putting enough work into it for it to for it to do that, and it has it does meet people's needs as we were talking about before. And number three, perhaps most importantly, God's going to bless it if He's called for me to be doing it. So mm-hmm. He'll open a door somewhere in this mm-hmm. mess. So that so you should be having that that attitude of I got to keep pounding these doors because. God's going to open one of these opportunities up, and it's going to it's going to work out. Here's another thing, and this is super important: if you don't love the music you're putting out, quit. <laughs> Pawn your instrument. Work at Starbucks. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, guess what? I don't like it. I'm yeah. never going to like it. If you if you got to love it for me to want to listen to it. If you're like, oh, here's this. I don't know. I'm a sensitive artist. I have feelings. No. <laughs> no. And these dudes are laughing because they know the vast number of people in that industry that I've just described. Yeah. It's okay. just that the impression was so on point to so yes. many people at once. It's just, it's very rare that somebody does an impersonation of 17 people at once <laughs> yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, you've got to love it because I, I, I will catch that infection from you. You yeah. know, if you feel excited about this, I'm going to feel excited about it. If you feel like, and I just got this mix, and it's fantastic. I can't wait for you all to hear it. This mm-hmm. is going to be great. I'm starting to get excited. I haven't heard it yet. I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, here's this. I want to put a lot of false modesty out there. I don't want to just, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I just, I don't know. Here's this, I guess, you know. Skip it. Yep. This is not the industry for you. This is not the job for you. you this is not. You, know, uh, uh, you should have gotten this far or gotten into wanting to do this stuff because you love it. I love what I do, the ministry that I do. I love it better than breathing air. No question about it. And when I go and ask people to financially support the work that I'm doing, I'm sharing that love, and I think that's what mm-hmm. inspires people no to give. About it. So I think that's a very important thing. Last thing I'm going to say, get advice, get advice, get more advice. If you have, I'm going to try and find a diplomatic way to say this. If you are of the Caucasian persuasion, get more advice than any person that you've known from your same skin tone region. Getting flashbacks as to uh, some seminary speaking gigs here. Yeah. Um, here's well, actually, can I jump in on that for a for second? Here, for here's part of what Glenn's referring to here is white people are terrible at taking advice. Yes. Hello. Uh, I don't think you know that you are, but but this is, is the thing is when you get advice, what you have in your head is that is an interesting idea. 
I will consider it. Right. I will see if there is merit to it. I'll take it on board. I'll take it on board. That's actually not how you take advice. Right. People that are good at taking advice, and the people who are best at taking advice tend to not be Caucasian people, say, this person knows what they're talking about in a way that I don't. Right. Therefore, I will consider their thoughts on this subject far more valuable than my own thoughts. Right. Or I'll just do them. Or I'll just do them. Right. They've said this is the thing to do. I'll go do it. If it doesn't work out, I'll go back and talk to them about it. But they've said this is the thing to do, and they are successful in this, so I will do that now. What you might be describing is a biblical concept called humility. Yes. Never heard uh, of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, here's the thing. It, the, the reason why we're putting it this way is, is, is this. If you say, uh, I want to uh, uh, do something that's never been done before, what you want to do is get advice from people who have done part of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And do not reinvent that. Just do what they did. Yep. And then put, that allows you to put all your time and energy on what you do. But I would get yourself, take wherever your humility level is on that, take it 10,000 times that. Because that's the way we are with everything we do on Absolutely. this podcast. We fast for advice constantly. Uh, real quick example as we're signing off. Uh, there's a there's a, a, a one of our pastors at the bridge is the tallest dude you've ever seen. He played basketball for Duke under Coach K and all that. Really uh, energetic dude, exciting dude, and you couldn't ask for a better preacher. I mean, the guy can absolutely just flat out preach. He will his joke that he will tell to anyone who will listen is that I'm his big brother because I'm not a tall person. You can't tell that on the podcast. <laughs> And uh, but he means that in a spiritual sense that he says it, his joke is I want to be like Glenn when I grow up. You know that's yeah. the that's the joke. But he means there's an element to my preaching that he wants to steal, and it, and he is telling people Glenn is telling me stuff, and I'm ripping it off, and I'm using it for my own benefit, and yeah. I just want everyone to know that's what's happening. You don't see that kind of vibe outside of that kind of mission field. But uh, that's, again, that's the way we are. And if absolutely. you see the success that we've had, it's because we've asked for a lot of advice. That's absolutely fantastic. A lot of fantastic stuff. One thing I'd say on the end here, and this applies to, again, we, you wrote in Nashville, and we know who wrote in the emails. So we're talking a little bit about music stuff here. But uh, we want to try, obviously, all this applies in the wider sense. And one thing definitely applies to the asking advice. One thing that definitely applies, and this is a... Um, a besetting sin of uh, the millennial generation, one might say, is the um, the idea that what we got to do is we got to have a big idea. Yep. We got to reinvent it. We got to think of the thing. No, we're going to Zuckerberg this thing hard. We're going to think of the thing. No, I mm-hmm. thought of. We're going to do it. it Revolutionize. Mm-hmm. We'll kick it off. And I'll just jump straight to being the the resident genius. Absolutely, the big guy. I've jumped to being in charge, CEO from day one. The whole thing. That's not. A thing that happens. Right. Now I know you think to me it, it literally did happen. There was a Zuckerberg, whatever. There's a thing, and we talk about this kind of stuff on the podcast occasionally. There's a thing called survivorship bias. What that means is when you look at stories and data and whatever, you only focus on the people who made it without thinking of the thousands of people who tried to do the exact same thing and didn't make it. Yep. Who you don't know of because you've never heard of them. Yep. Right. Again, to go back to, to take it into the music thing, Glenn's analogy, you know. If you just listen to the radio, you would think every band that really played hard made it. Yep. Because you say, all these bands I hear, they all talk about how they really played hard. And they dialed in their sound and they toured. So that's what you do. What you don't hear about is the literally tens of thousands of bands who did all those things and weren't pretty in the face or didn't know somebody mm-hmm. or didn't get lucky or didn't 
relentlessly pimp their music who failed. Yeah. So you kind of get a skewed view. So you hear, man, you got you know Facebook and Uber and all, and reading about all these, and it's just people had these amazing ideas and they really went for it. What you don't hear about is the tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of startup companies that fail, and the, even more than that, that don't get off the ground. So I yeah. had a good idea, and I try to get funny or whatever. I tell you that, say this: the idea that I'm just going to have a really good idea, and the it's the kind of thing we'll rock so hard. The idea will be so amazing. That it'll just happen. Yeah. Nothing just happens. Yeah. And that's part of what we hit here. You say, well, I've got a good song or a good business idea, or I've got, you know, a good idea for a ministry and I should be able to take it to people and just say, isn't this idea really good? And they'll say that idea is good. Let's do it. That doesn't happen in anything. Right. Everything involves some marketing, some salesmanship. You got to get people excited. That's a skill in itself. Lee mentioned cheating earlier, which there are definitely, you know, things you do that or that, but cheating isn't anything that adds to my idea. Yeah. This idea of the purity of, I should just be able to put this thing out there and people love it. And that happens to all of us. You know, that idea of, well, I'll know it's really good. I'll know this is what I'm meant to be doing. If I don't have to effort any hustle, that's really not how it works. Yeah. You got one thing to close out on with just a real quick, just kind of a a practical, just a barometer for, for uh, people that do creative stuff. They're trying to to promote things. If you look at what's done in the film world, if you look at what's done in the music world with uh, radio and whatnot, um, the ratio is at very least one to one for every hour you spend creating, you need to spend an hour promoting for every, every dollar, for every dollar you spend creating, you need to spend a dollar promoting. In other words, if you talk to people who do radio promotion for a living and you say, what do I, what should I expect to spend? What they'll tell you is take whatever you spent on recording and manufacturing your product, plan to spend that again on promotion. Right. Um, and that's roughly speaking true in, in the film world. That's, that's roughly speaking true actually in every creative field. Um, but, and there's plenty, and it's actually true in the nonprofit world as well. For every hour you spend doing the thing, you should be Yeah, that's the thing is it's true in every, uh, non-creative field as well, because everybody has a marketing department. Exactly right. Exactly right. So it's one of these things, if you're, if you're trying, if you're wondering just as a rough barometer of your, where, where should I be? One-to-one is a good ratio to start with. And that's all sorts of stuff, as Jed pointed out, that's networking. That's kind of looking for this, that, and the other. That's, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. It is part of the deal. So we know that's not the answer you wanted. Sorry, dude. You wanted us to tell you, make the best thing, and people will love it. But we're here to tell you the hard truths. Because we know you can handle it. Absolutely. And it's, um, to go back to Glenn's point, if you're promoting something, that being your work or yourself or whatever, that you believe in, you know, nobody loves promotion, but it's not that bad. All right, so we're going to take you out with, speaking of songs, we're going to take you out with one. It's called Made in the Image of the Lord. We talked about some, yeah. uh, some self, a lot of self-image stuff here. It's a song Jed wrote. It's a great one. This is a little Mumfordy uh, kind of Americana version of that that we like real a lot. So we're going to take you out with that. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumble.com. Thanks for listening. And just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. We'll say that podcast. Has Osteen called in yet? No? Okay. Well, he's got to midnight. You did me together in my mother's womb, my inmost being made by you.